The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. All right, Big Keith, what's going on? Uh, well, you're going to have to come outside when we're done recording. New, to- new toy, huh? Yeah, I, I, I got a new car. I couldn't help it. Nice. Another, Another Lincoln giant Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. This one's no seven. Okay. Low mileage. Really, really low mileage. It is unbelievably low mileage. 18,000 miles? 18,000 miles. That's crazy for an 07. Yeah. yeah. So Jesus. I'm excited. You got to come check it out. I do more than that in one year. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but um, this one, I don't know. We're uh, we're definitely having a, a problem in the driveway. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors are going to start asking questions. Yeah, well, I'm just happy to be here. I didn't think I was going to make it. I was absolutely uh, tossing my cookies all night. Yeah. I have to thank you for... so. Oh, don't do, no, because uh, no. if, if everyone hates it, they're going to know. No, you, you stepped up. You produced this whole show. It's going to be good. He's I'm a, excited. Yeah, yeah. Hand, handpicked by Keith. Yeah. If you, <laughs> and, and if you don't like him, uh, you can blame me because Keith blames me for everything. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so let's get into this thing. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. As always, Chopping It Up is sponsored by Target Sports USA. Head over to targetsportsusa.com forward slash the gun experiment to get great ammo or to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership, which saves you 8% off, free shipping on all ammo orders, and a whole lot more all for $95 a year. And if you're out there thinking of ways you could support this awesome podcast, uh, I was thinking uh, for this week, I would ask you to follow us on Instagram. Um, We're we're definitely blowing up the whole uh, Discord thing, and that's a lot of fun, but I definitely do get to connect to people on, uh, on Instagram as well. So if we can grow that community along with Discord and the podcast itself. I'm always appreciative of that. So before we get going tonight, I want to also talk about on-site firearms training. Uh, those guys are, uh, they're not just a show sponsor at this point. They're definitely good friends of both of us as well. And Big Keith and I really believe quality training is important. and We have trained with them more than anyone else. They've definitely made us better shooters and they can do the same for you. They have an extensive course offering and teach classes across the country. You're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs. So go on and check those guys out. So I want to bring in our guest co-host tonight. It's been a while since we've had him on the show, but back to chop it up with us is Argo J. Argo, what's going on? What's up, fellas? How you been? I am tired and old. But <laughs> they go together usually. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You have a blizzard, you said, huh? What? Oh, my God. Late. We just got 10 inches dropped on us. So, wow. yeah, it's... It's knuck and fuss right now, man. <laughs> we we've been uh, we've had a pretty mildish, super mild. I don't want to say it, but we got to get through a couple more weeks, and then I think we're good. Yeah, it's like uh, it was like spring, yeah, all winter long. For this one, uh, and you know they were pretty easy. You know, fun snows. Uh, this one's coming down pretty hard, but it's supposed to only last today and tomorrow. So do do you, you know. like uh, do you like to drive in the snow? Fuck, heck no! Ah, man, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I love near death experiences all the way to the house. That shit is great. Yeah, I'm the same. I get I get like white knuckled. I I, I you got a truck that like is made does, for that. Doesn't matter. I just well, it I'm doesn't like help now that I'm in a rental. Like I'm in a little Nissan Sentra. Oh, well, so that, that, this big ass six two, damn near three hundred <laughs> pound dude balled up in this Nissan Sentra. <laughs> that anytime the wind blows or a trucker farts like the damn car uh, wants to run off the road, I'm like, what the hell is this? Well, that's motivation to not get in an accident because the reporting officers would laugh their ass off when you climbed out of the car. <laughs> I know. They'd have to peel me. I'd have to peel the car back like a fucking banana. Like, it'd be crazy. It'd be crazy. So it's been a while, man. So last time we talked, you were working on, was it the Black Ops documentary and you were selling the custom rifles? Is that yep. project still going? What's going on with that? Yeah, the, the documentary is still going. We're still kind of holding. Uh, life happens and shit, of course. But uh, uh, that's been put on the side burner, not the back burner, but uh, you know, kind of took a different direction with things. I uh, got an opportunity that I couldn't really pass up. So, you know, certain things had to be put to the side and hopefully it'll come full circle and, and we'll be able to do it. And I'll be in a better position to do it with uh, some of the new things that I have going on. Gotcha. So when you say new things, is this Shepherd Arms that we're talking about? 
It's absolutely Shepherd Arms. So talk, talk to us about that a little bit. Oh, wow. Uh, so Shepherd Arms is a new firearms retail location uh, in Germantown, Wisconsin, right outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, and it is absolutely awesome. It's been a great, great experience. It's a lot of work, uh, definitely. Um, there's been three of us outside of the ownership that have been the core since day one. Um, and we've been trying to make this thing work and, and putting in our literal blood, sweat and tears, uh, into this shop. And it's been great, man. Uh, we want to provide a premium service for the people and, and make sure that we, uh, source all the cool firearms that everybody wants and gets and can typically only, and, and accessories that people can only see online usually. Uh, so they can come in the shop and get a good feel of like some of the things that we have to offer. And uh, we have probably the biggest selection in the state of Wisconsin. That's awesome. So I saw the vi- like the video teaser you guys put up, which was very well uh, produced and, and done very, very sharply. And the shop looks amazing. I mean, very modern looking uh, right up my alley in terms of, you know, it's uh, we always kind of have some fun and joke, but it's like very anti fuddy for one. And, uh, but very, very modern, very clean. I feel you'd have a good shopper experience at a place like that. Yeah. We, we, we have a very good vibe in the store. That's cool. You know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, we, as soon as you walk through the doors, there's a big wall and on the wall, we have the constitution plastered on it. So the first thing you see when you hit the door is we, the people. That's cool. And of course we wanted that because the owner and myself, uh, and you know, his son who also works there, and another gentleman, uh, we're tired of walking into gun stores and people looking at us like we had a third leg growing out of the middle of our foreheads <laughs> just because we didn't share the same skin color. And it's like, why do I have to beg you to take my money or service me? Well, that didn't sound right. I don't want to be serviced like that. But you know, <laughs> Well, sometimes you do, just not at a gun store. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that there's a massage parlor right next door. <laughs> No, no, what's your what's your favorite section like or your favorite firearm that you have for sale in there uh, i don't know there's so damn many right. man G- give me I one think, or two i think right now i'm looking at the new bmt ghm9 uh, it's not new but you know it'll be new to me i i, I absolutely love that gun uh the bruger and Tommet, like it's I, I i bought it every day and kind of look at it like it's my kindergarten crush it's, ta- it's talking to you yeah, it is. Kind of, kind of like Big Lincoln's talk to Keith. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Do so you, you like a navigator or something? Like, what was that? Say again. Was it Lincoln a navigator or what? No, a town car. I've I've got a I've got an obsession with uh, what I call steamboats with wheels. So, oh, I, so you went full on like uh, two thousand <laughs> uh, holding on pimp car. Yeah. Class. So yeah. two two thousand seven Lincoln town car. I got a ninety six Lincoln town car. I got a ninety five Cadillac Fleetwood. Oh, I'm uh, buying you a fur coat for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's a neighborhood pimp, basically. I, I love him, man. I can't get it. I mean, I, I also have a very fast Mustang as well, but um, I I just I love those old boats, man. I I can't get enough of them. Oh my god, you love paying a million dollars for gas? I swear. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I I just deal with it. So now your role in uh, Shepherd Arms, it says on the website that you guys you are a weapons is it a weapons specialist? Is that your official title? Oh, that's what it says. Go, Keith, go to that really quick. Yeah, sure. So, what is your day to day? What is your day to day involved? What do you What do you uh, actually do? Toilets, uh, change light bulbs, picking you know, out trash, and you know, holding the door open for people. No, that's just a courtesy. But seriously, no. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I think we all are weapon specialists. Day to day, I think firearm specialist. That's what it says on the website. Yeah, I think that's just because of my knowledge base of firearms or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing day to day is making the people that walk through the door feel comfortable. Um, I think I love to tell people that if you don't if you come in our store and you don't feel like your family or, you know, at least a close friend or not so distant cousin, <laughs> then we didn't do our job. Uh, we really want everybody to feel comfortable and we want all Americans that walk through that door to know that they have a home. Uh, yes, we are a business and we're out to make money, but we are also a resource because I think that people forget that firearms stores should be community resources. Um, and people are saying, well, what does he mean by that? Well, I mean, we're providing a service for the people that a lot of times they have no idea about. Uh, and they come into the store, you know, with blank slates or 
just being novices or ignorant and they don't know what they don't know. And it's up to us to steer them in the right direction. Good and point. We want to step away from the old, you know, traditional, let me look down at you because you don't know what I know kind of gun store people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, our job is, is to make sure that everybody's comfortable and we can steer them to exactly what they need, uh, without them feeling like, uh, you know, I'm trying to, be a used car salesman and push a 2007 Lincoln town car. (laughs) Yeah. Well, to your point, you know, in some situations you might be literally the first person that someone has ever talked about a gun with, talked about guns with this person. So you have the opportunity to really shape their impression of the, of the gun community. Yeah, well, one of the things, what I was going to say is, I bet there's a lot more new people coming into the gun shop with everything that's going on crazy in the world with UFOs yeah. being shot down and balloons. And I don't know if you heard, Mike, but a Russia, a Russian bomber was intercepted near Alaska a couple of days ago. So this is not the same thing as all these random balloons that are floating around, right? Well, that's what they're saying. But, uh, you know, listen, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. I don't like to, um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I like to read about them, but I don't try to, I try not to partake in anyone. Mm-hmm. But I find it a little suspicious that these things are not related in some way. Um, either they're all coming from the same place or why, why, uh, why haven't we seen any pictures of the things that they shot down? Well, the, so, okay. I mean, the balloon, I'm starting to see some pictures floating around, but the flying objects, I haven't seen anything. So the flying objects one, the one that they were like, it's not UFOs, right? The weird one about that was the one person who I, I don't have the article or anything, but the, the one I read, I want to say it was like, uh, I don't know, like a general or something like someone who like their opinion would hold some weight. Right. Yep. And he was like, I mean, who knows? This could be uh used car, used car lot balloons that are floating. I'm thinking, what? I'm what? Like, did, did you we just use say a missile? That? <laughs> like he didn't say it jokingly. He was like, these could be used car lot balloons that got released. I'm thinking it's 20,000 like feet. Wiggly, like the wiggly squiggly dude. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. The wacky waving, uh, those, alarm guy. I didn't think those guys were, could fly. I thought they were like penguins. <laughs> But maybe because their arms do flap. That is true. That's true. Yeah. They're light, aerodynamic, sure. Well, I just, I found it really, that's the one piece that I find suspicious is just, um, you know, they're not related, but we are not allowed to see any pictures of them. It scares me a little bit that you you were talking about the continental United States and we're talking within weeks of each other, China. Russia. Well, now, now, now China is claiming that we're putting balloons over by them. Um, and I think, uh, I read somewhere that, uh, maybe Japan had found something, uh, Central America. So like these things are starting to pop up now. So like, well, the Russian, the, the one you're talking about, the Russian bombers yeah, that so were intercepted. Th- that was just, the, I mean, apparently these, these, uh, bombers were flying, you know, in neutral territories, but in the Bering Sea, you know, pretty close uh, to Alaska. And but it was not. It was not over U.S. or Canadian airspace, though. It was not. It, it, that was. It, it did not enter. Over correct. The, over the over the ocean or yeah, Bering Sea. So yep, yeah. over the Bering Sea. So it's it, it was not over U.S. or Canada, but close enough where NORAD picked it up. Yeah, and and the U.S. also did state that they run those types of flights all the time over open airspace. It's not unusual for a uh, military to do those kind of exercises, but it just, it's a little scary. It's a little scary. I mean, it's yeah. this has definitely happened before it happens um, with other countries as well. And, you know, they like to test, test each other every once in a while. You know, it, it probably had no harm, no foul. Flex muscles a little bit. Could it be that? Well, it could be. I mean, it also could be just, you know, hey, you know, you just had a balloon fly over. You shot down two things. Let's see how close I can get. You know, yep. maybe it's just yep. something like that. Jay, what do you what do you think? What do you think in terms of like uh, just all these happenings? Does does any of this make you kind of get a little squirmy or you think it's just and like I'm already squirmy? You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm always fucking I'm always like cautious and and skeptical of, of everything. And, um, you know, I just want to to be full on red dawn. That's it. (laughs) No, but seriously, uh, you know, to your earlier point, uh, people are coming in and buying a lot of guns because they're like, Hey, with everything that's going on, I want to be prepared. And I mean, this is all demographics. It's nuts because people are afraid. And I think that they're afraid because 
they feel like, well, damn, I guess this kind of segues into your next topic, but I wasn't trying to, but they feel like they're not being told the truth. Um, yeah, and it's good like, job. I, you should be a co-host more often. <laughs> I, I should, right? Right. But you know, it's like, let's be honest. We know that this shit is up there. We know that, that things are being shot out of the sky. We know that, uh, you know, people aren't so keen on the United States anymore. So why would it be a far stretch to think that somebody might try to test our boundaries and test our borders and see what they can do and where they can, you know, find our weak spots and whatnot? I mean, could it be, you know, totally coincident, coincidental? Yeah, absolutely. It could be coincidental. I don't believe in coincidence too often. So one of the areas that I'm a little confused at, and I really need to do more research, but <clears throat> the last time I had read, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, the U.S. spends more than the 10 next countries on our military spending. So ten we spend 10 times more. Uh, I'm sorry. We spend more money than the next 10 countries combined. I don't know if it's that close anymore. Let me do a quick search. So that, that was my understanding. But I recently was reading something that said that we are significantly behind China in our... Oh man, what oh. was it? I don't know if it was aircraft or if it was whatever it was. There was things that we sure. were lacking, and I'm saying, how is that even possible if we're spending that much money? Because so, China's spending that much more, and they're not reporting it, and it, we're not getting accurate figures from China. That may be true. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's yeah. You're right, Mike. I'm right, right? It's yeah. it's a lot. I, yeah. I know that seems hard to believe, but we, we spend, spend we spend 778 billion. I mean, this is not confirmed. This is you know just something I Google quick search. Quick, quick search. 778 billion and the next closest is China 252 and then 7261 continues to decrease. So yeah, almost 10 would make up that. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's be real also about China. Let's, you know, look at how much intellectual property they steal too. I know it's terrible. You know, so, so they may be ahead of us because, you know, they've stolen and perfected a lot of stuff that they get from us and other places and, and, you know, well, not only that, but when, when all the money is the government, it's kind of hard to uh, determine how much they actually spend on any one in particular yeah, thing. It's true. And I, <laughs> oh, listen, this looks an awful lot like corn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, lo- love them or hate them, and I know there's people on both sides of this, uh, and there's some people in the middle. That is the one thing. Like Trump, when when he was president, he called them out on that stealing of intellectual property where you know, I, I, you, don't he- you don't hear a lot of other presidents doing that including the one we have right now. You know, it's like they they you should be held accountable for that. Yeah, this this one Cleep, uh, sleepy creepy doesn't say anything like I mean, jeez. Yeah. Like open your mouth, say something. Guy. Yeah. Well, you had alluded to the the media and uh Keith had scratched up something here that half of Americans surveyed believe that the media outlets intend to mislead. And do you so, have hard numbers on this, Keith? Well, this was a it was a recent sur- survey um, done through Gallup. So I, I don't know the details of the survey. I didn't go into that level of uh, reading, but um, basically, half of America uh, Americans in a recent survey indicate they believe national news organizations intend to mislead, misinform, or persuade the public to adopt a particular point of view through their reporting. Yeah, one of the other uh, stats on here is that 23% of respondents believe that journalists were acting in the public's best interest. And I find that interesting because you're talking less than a quarter of the population doesn't think that journalists are actually acting in our best interest, which is crazy because, I mean, really, isn't that their job, right? And I'm not talking about, obviously, I'm not talking about there's different types of journalism, but if we're talking about your Channel 5 newscaster, you know, I've always felt like it's their job to just um, to just report the news, right? To let us know what's going on. And I've often said, I probably have said it on the show, I, I blame it on, and I'm not saying CNN to just say CNN, but Ted Turner and the, you know, the, the 24, 24 hour, hour news, news cycle. cycle has really, yeah. there's only so much you can report, you know, and eventually it gets boring. It, so they have to start to editorialize things. Dare I say it's almost uh, devalued it? Right, like it's devalued it so much that we, we're, we're fighting over the highest, the highest rated well, thing. I'm, I'm really going to poke fun here, but have you ever seen Anchorman Two? Yeah, of course. Right, and so Anchorman Two kind of like pokes fun at this concept, and it's the idea that like in 24 hours, you know, you have to constantly come up with new stuff, and it's almost become more of an entertainment brand than a news brand. 
Yeah. Right. So the, you know, the, uh, the squirrel water skiing (laughs) (laughs) has to be put on there because it's entertaining news and not necessarily good news or, or accurate news. Right. So is, is it just that, that, that news cycle being so, so much time, they have to come up with more entertaining things to kind of keep you locked in. I I think, I think, you know, for, for the most part, you know, everything that you said was correct, but I think that we're forgetting a key element here. And I think that is, there's a major fiscal portion of it. Like, like they get a lot of money. (laughs) You know what I mean? These, these companies get a lot of money. Uh, And in order to keep those funds flowing in, you know, they have to, you know, they have to keep, they have to keep the people attention. They have to keep their attention. I mean, and then you talk about ratings and how the ratings are correlated to how much money they bring in. So like all this shit, all the, all those small numbers matter to them. So yeah, I believe that they're more inclined to spread those kind of mistruths or uh, mislead the populace because, you know, let's face it. It's not Walter Cronkite and Tom Brokaw anymore. Yeah. Like those dudes used to go at it. Who, no matter who you are, like, like let's, let's, take the political arena for a minute like i remember watching uh what's the other guy's name um with from 60 minutes uh bradley um yeah uh it was i think his name was ed bradley something i don't know but anyway i watched this dude chew up both sides of a presidential debate in the 80s like left and right chew them both up you know not swaying one way or the other ed bradley through journalism what'd you say ed bradley ed bradley yeah okay And, and same thing with walter cronkite and and Tom Brokaw, like these dudes reported news. And this was the era of reporting the news for what it actually was. Something new that people hadn't heard before, which is how they get the term news. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know well I mean? and if we bring this back to I want to bring this back to gun talk for a second here and look at all the exaggerations and mistruths that come out of the gun conversation. Right. Like we've had this conversation before in the show, Keith, but. Gun rights, and I know you agree, Jay, gun rights should not be a left or a right issue. It should just be an American issue. It should be something that all Americans have the right to enjoy and or not enjoy or not enjoy if you if you so choose. Right. right but it's point, it shouldn't your politics shouldn't dictate it is my point. But they play on emotions by I just saw something that was talking about the mass shooting numbers. And, you know, mass shooting definition wise in terms of legalities is more than four people. And they were saying like, if you take out the gang numbers, gang shooting numbers, right? That drops that down. If you take out mass suicides, that drops that number down. There's a lot of things that you could do to make it a more genuine conversation. I haven't read too many mass suicides that are more than four people. Is that, that's, I don't know. I just was throwing out. I didn't, I didn't know that happened. I was happen. just was throwing out like different things that could fall into that category. I mean, I know all about Jonestown. I mean, that is I like, yeah. the last well, one I thought about was Jonestown. Right? Well, I mean, you, you know what though? Maybe. You're, you're downplaying like, and I, I mean, this is terrible to even say, but you're downplaying like a, like a guy who shoots his wife and Family. kids and himself. Yeah, I've seen one of those recently. Yeah. True, yeah. True. You know, true. I think it was three, not four. Yeah. I mean, I'm but, not saying that know, that happens often. I'm just saying those are things too. that you I, could, but you know, and, and here's, and here's why I don't like the terminology mass shooting. I don't like a lot of terminology that people use, but uh, because I guess I'm I'm more of a literal, you know, I take words for a lot of times their literal meaning. Uh, but by the definition of mass shooting, we look in America and 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 let's let me be frank for a second. A lot of times, anything that any type of shooting that happens in black communities gets labeled as gang shootings, whether it's gang related or not. Like like, and a lot of times it's just pure BS. Like it just is what it is. But it's easy to say that because the general consensus or the general conception or preception is that, you know, uh, these ignorant black people are, are, are part of the gang because they have nothing else. That's bullshit. Like it's just fucking violence. And that's just what it is. And this shit happens all over the country everywhere. And it's kind of, you know, spilling into other demographics as well. You know, look at the Michigan state thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, well, like, that's actually where I was reading about this particular stuff was it was because of that. I was reading on that shooting and the idea, the mass shootings, those stats started to pop up. That's where, that's where I actually was reading now that you say it. Keep going. Yeah. No, no. But I mean, I, I think just the point of all that was to say, you know, I think the term mass shootings is just used to hypersensitize 
the people. A hundred percent. It's like, it's, it's a blanket it's, statement, right? You well, throw that out it, there. It, my, one of, to bring this back to this article and then we can move on to something else. Uh, I was sort of thinking that maybe a lot of people don't have this doubt about the news because they have so much level of doubt about so many other things. And it, it, I went into looking at, is there a breakdown of age? And uh, there might be in the actual, um, sir, uh, uh, the actual results from Gallup, but I found that it was 5,593 Americans, almost almost 5,600 Americans between 18 and older. They didn't give the, how old they went conducted last May and July. But uh, what stood out to me was one stat that was in the article was they had 18 to 25-year-olds get 88% said they got their news from online sources. And, you know, there's so much other misinformation online outside of news outlets, mm-hmm. right? Social you, media. You, you were talking about social media. You were talking about firearm misinformation. There's, you know, medicine um, misinformation. You know, there's so much misinformation out there well, that there's a, a higher level of, of doubt in a lot of areas. Here's the thing. If I Google right now mass shootings or mass shooting statistics, I will find an article that will support my claim and I will find an equal number of articles that will refute my claim. And it almost, even as an educated person that, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty capable of formulating my own opinions, but it is hard sometimes because I can find articles that are on both sides of every conversation. And just because, but, but I'm, you know, you have to dig pretty deep down that rabbit hole to start to like look into the credentials of that person. It's interesting you said that. And I, 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 I noticed on my news feed recently that I have a like a different perspective section. Okay. That I get I, I can now in some instances, not all, but in some instances, I'm clearly it's been clearly labeled Fox CNN, mm-hmm. right? Different perspectives. Yep. Um, and it's full of a few different articles. Mm-hmm. Um so dare I say things are trying. They're, they're trying to fix the problem. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, just something I are they though? Like, like it's a good point, so Jay. All, let's let's let me ask this. So, because you guys have totally confused me for a second. <laughs> nah, so that's what I like to do. You, you guys are telling me that the stuff that I see on TikTok is not valid. <laughs> <laughs> well, some I mean, of it it's is. valid. It's just yeah. you know, with, with your definition. I mean, valid when it's is. when it's when it's yeah. you know uh, a cute person <laughs> dancing, you know, they, like that could be valid. <laughs> Right. But no, I mean, but, you know, all joking aside, you know, and let me get back to our original original statement about the mass shooting type of thing. You know, uh, here in Wisconsin, we had a gentleman who drove his vehicle through a parade. I don't know if you made national news. Hurt and killed a lot of people. Had a fight with his girlfriend or something. Right. And uh, was was kind of up and all kind of I mean, he's just an idiot. But bottom line is there was not somebody that came out afterward and said it was a mass driving. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there are things that happen all over the country where, a, where, where large numbers of people are hurt or wounded or killed and they don't get that same attention. Yes, that was a horrific event. And I'm not trying to take away from anything that would, that would shine light on those, those innocent lives that were lost. Like not at all. You know, my heart still bleeds for them. I mean, that's right here in my own home. Like, so, I, I, I feel it more than most do. However, I cannot ignore the fact that it seems to be very, very selective when those certain titles or oh, yeah. nomenclature are used uh, in order to evoke certain emotions. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. I don't, I don't think there's any question that, you know, whether it's social media news outlets or, or mainstream media outlets, they come up with these terms to strike, you know, emotion among, Oh, definitely uh, among people definitely. and mass shootings is one of them. For do you, sure. Jay, do you think that, a lot of this is a top-down thing. And what I mean by that is, and we've, we've had kind of a rough run lately, do you think that it has to do with leadership? In other words, like the president from the top down, it, it all starts from there? I don't. I, I mean, that's well, part first of, of all, I think the president's top is down. So like, I don't <laughs> think he's fully capable. Uh, no, of, I don't mean you know, our particular president. But what I mean is, you know, if, 
So I know I, what you, as we yeah. start to go down the road of elections, I see, I don't like Keith, I don't agree. I think that if you had a president that tried to unite the country in all these different things instead of divide us, and we've had a lot of divisiveness. It, it's on both sides. The div- divisiveness is on both sides. So it's, oh, it's, both, it's, both yeah, but there was a time. I mean, two presidencies were perfect examples of divisiveness. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, it, whether it, or not, you know, and I'm, and don't get me wrong for the people who don't know me, I'm conservative as hell. Uh, but you know, how, but how was Reagan able to take the entire, practically the entire country, the map was red, right? Like, like it why happens was- occasionally in, in our, you know, recent history, it happens occasionally. But I, I think for the most part, it, there's, there's the decisiveness is beyond who is the president. It's it's not just that. I just feel like the president sets a tone, though, of how. I, I, do too. I think I think the country true. follows the presidential lead. So right. if the president doesn't say something or does say something, it will sway the majority of the people. I agree. One way or the other, I, I agree one hundred percent. Jay, that. do you have a candidate that you're any candidates that are speaking up to possibly run anyone that you're potentially interested in? I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how fake these people really are. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's truly what uh, I look at. Yeah, that's yeah. truly how I judge it because it will come out sooner or later. Um, and you'll start to see the the kinks in their armor and and you'll start to see uh, the facade that they put on from the truth. And I'm not talking about when people start slinging mud. I'm talking about real facts and real life and how these people interact in their personal and social lives and the things that they do. Like, so, I, you know, I, I scrutinize everything. Yeah. Uh, because if I'm going to make a decision on a person who's supposed to represent me, that person has to most represent me. You feel me? So it's like, I, I can't just say, oh, you know, this person is running under this ticket and that's what I'm going for. No, I can't do that. Because if you're going to speak for me, then I need you to speak for me the way I would speak. Mm-hmm. And that means in every facet as close as possible. So, so the one that recently came up uh, that I'm very excited about this in some ways, uh, Nikki Haley announced her presidential run and so I have to say, Keith, I don't know if I've ever actually said this to you. I'm actually a very big Nikki Haley fan. I've mm-hmm. I've I've always liked her. Uh, I've liked her, just the way that she handles herself. I think she's uh, seems pretty, pretty real and genuine. Uh, I think she's very educated, very smart. She obviously she worked under Trump. I just I think that she her throwing her hat in is very interesting. I I don't know that she has what it takes to win, unfortunately. I had always envisioned her as a VP. I would love to see her paired with somebody. Uh, and what I had always said is I would like to see her as a VP and then follow up for as president in the next, uh, as the next term. But I am a big fan of her. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that she's at least talking about it. Well, Trump, Trump is saying more the merrier. So, uh, I yeah, mean... You know what that means. He's not threatened by her yet. He's not threatened. He's no. not threatened. That's yet. seriously. He he only mudslings when he's threatened by somebody, I which know. is why DeSantis is getting mud slung at him because I think Trump realizes he could definitely. Well, get the ticket. I, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I I'm asking myself if the mud slinging is going to work for him this time. No, I I think I only Trump's going to get the ticket. I, I I don't think I don't think he'll get it. Here here here's my thing, and you know I. I loved Donald Trump for many reasons, you know, more, I mean, other than probably what some other people did, you know, uh, I thought that he was definitely comical. Uh, I thought that he was more of a, and people are probably going to hate me, but who gives a shit? I thought he was the useful idiot um, in in some regard, but I feel like he was genuinely himself. Uh, And I, and I respected that because he was the same man. He you know, coming out as he was when he went in, uh, the exact same person. And the, the whole time, everybody's like, I can't believe Trump did this or did that. Why? Why can you not believe some of the things that he did or said? Because he has never wavered from who he oh, right. was. Well, so I've always I, said that I didn't like everything the way he said things, but I right. kind of, what you just said, I respected the fact that he was had the balls to say some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, and that's kind of why I was a Trump. Uh, I, I was more of a Trump supporter than anything else, because you were going to get, you know, Donald Trump, you know, what, you know, take it or leave it. Like you were going to get, you know, him for who he truly was and what he truly, truly believed in. You never left the conversation Uh, going, gee, I wonder what he was thinking. (laughs) 
No, not at all. <laughs> uh, you know, I had I had a meeting with a senator, and you know, uh, one of the senators sat down and said to me, "I'm not going to say names, but most people know who it is if they follow me or knew, you know, know where I'm from." But uh, uh, you know, people were afraid to say things around Trump because you know, not only would he shit on them, he would also change like the wind. You know, like so. He, you know, nothing was solid or nothing was concrete with Donald Trump uh, because he would say one thing today and then tomorrow, you know, he'd get a new piece of information and change his mind just like that. When most people would tend to kind of lean on their base to say, hey, which way should I go? He didn't do that. You know what I mean? So he kind of pissed a lot of people off, too. So and I kind of like that, too. So, you know what I mean? Like, like be your own person. Like, if you don't like something like whether it's good or bad, I, I, I like the fact that he wasn't afraid to stand on his own two legs. So, What are you thinking, Keith? What are your thoughts on all this? She said that if Trump officially decides to run, that she would not run and that, that she'll talk to him at that time. But, um, you know, he's still threatening to run, too. So, I mean, there's still a lot of time left, right? We're two years away. So yep. it'll really start happening over the summer. Two long um, years away. A few long years away. Hopefully, hopefully we make it there as a country. Well, a little bit of levity for uh, for the discussion tonight. I, I had come across this article that uh, made me laugh a little bit. Um, it was in Bowling Green. Those that don't know, that's where the Corvette is made, uh, and also the Kentucky Derby is not too far from there. Um, well, in Louisville, anyway. Um, Bowling Green um, man was charged with uh, after a lighter was mistaken for a gun. This, so, when I read this title, I was like, what the fuck? fuck I'm like, I, I didn't get it either, right? And then when you read it... And then when you read it, it made a whole lot of sense. Yeah, so go ahead. <laughs> give, us a, so, give us a story. Uh, there's this gentleman uh, walking around a store, and the caller calls the police and says that they have observed uh, this guy holding a gold gun above his head on camera. And the officer arrived, and they're evacuating the uh, the building, and you know when the, when the gentleman walks outside, they they pull him aside and and uh, I, uh, you know go to arrest him uh, basically. And it turns out that uh, he has a lighter in his possession that has a pistol grip handle, and it's consistent with the shape of a handgun. So basically, it was a lighter, but it was a handgun shaped lighter for right. all intents and, and he was like, "No, I'm just trying to show my wife. I just wanted to show her the lighter." <laughs> And uh, apparently, you know, you uh, can't do that. Um, so he was uh, charged with second degree disorderly conduct and released. So there's a couple of things here that I'm just when I read this, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, what? So he he claims that he was trying to like sh- from across the store was kind of trying to like. Well, I don't know his where his, I don't know where his wife was. I don't know if his wife was like next to him and I, I, I it doesn't yeah. get to that level of detail. But I, what I don't get is how did they charge this guy with anything? Like what did he do? Well, that was, I guess it was the panic. Uh, yeah. Just, it was like the, the, um, the disorderly conduct. Yeah. Type of, you know. yes. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's like a very mild charge, right? Like yeah. A, I'm sure it's a fine, it's a real pain yeah. in the yeah. ass charge. The officer, I'm walking. Away. Okay. Don't do that again, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, well, and when I was thinking, when I read it, I'm like, <laughs> I was like, would I ever, could I see myself getting myself into this pickle? And I'm like, I, I don't think I could, but I mean, I'm, I could be loud and obnoxious sometimes in public. So maybe, you know, like, like just, just kind of like, I could see you being like, Hey, you know, just wait, wait, yeah, around this I later. Mean, like, like oh, maybe I pick something up and I'm yelling to you, Mike, and I'm holding it like a gun, like yeah. not realizing it, you know, like, yeah. I just, I kind of felt bad. I'm like, this poor guy just... I always think about the times where people come in and I hear stories or I read stories that someone will walk in and, and say, uh, at, a, at a bank and up to the teller and say, I want to rob the joint. No, oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, that's not that's a not joke. funny. Not <laughs> funny at all. <clears throat> have you ever done I mean, anything that's... Funny, though. It's kind of funny. Right? A little, a little bit. A little funny. Keith, yeah. have you ever done anything that's gotten that you were like, ooh, like that was close? Uh, not off the top of my head that I can think about. Um, I, I feel like I've said a couple of things where I've, I've been like, oh, that probably sounded like I was doing something terrible. <laughs> well, I, so I went to college near Canada, uh, very close to the New York Canadian border, and so we would go to that's Mon- where Canada is. Yeah, 
well, we would go, the whole country. Too. We would go to Montreal to like party, and it was like eighteen to drink, and so it was kind of yeah. like a party scene. And I had an episode where we were at this club, and there was you know girls, and it got. It's a long, long story, but long story Montreal's short, also famous for I, strip clubs too. Yes. Okay. Uh, Club Super that. Sex was a big, uh, <laughs> big one there. And uh, anyway, I got, I was drunk, obviously young and stupid, and I started getting mouthy mm. with the bouncers, and I got brought into a back. It was literally like You're I had another a movie, country, like brought into a back room, and basically I was like, they were going to tune me up. The, the head goon finally was like, just take them out back. And, and I was like, no, 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 no. And I, I basically fast talked myself and they let me walk out the front door, but it was not, not a, not a good scene. Yeah. I want to meet that Mike. He shows up every I, once in a while. I Yo, don't have good stories from Canada. Every time I go to Canada and that's what I call it, by the way. Um, and when I uh, go to Canada, I get bad stories, man. So yeah. Like like uh, getting taken out the back door stories because they're those are never good stories. No, like I shit on Canada, like literally, <laughs> like uh, that that was one of them. And then uh, you know, there's the whole uh, after nine eleven thing. Uh, this dude in a cab followed my buddy and I around. We decided to go up right after nine eleven because we just needed to get the hell out of the states. It was just too much, and we wanted to just get away. And he was from New York, and you know, he was you know, right in the middle of it. His mother was a, a nurse and, you know, he just, you know, it was just horrible. So it was, uh, my birthday is September 26th. So we went up to Toronto uh, and we're driving around Toronto. I had rented this uh, Ford Expedition and they, they, they didn't really have SUVs at the time up there. So everybody thought we were like, everybody was like, are you Puff Daddy? This, that, and the other, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, uh, I'm Diddy. Uh, right, right. So we're, we're, you know, I mean, it, it worked out, you know, for us in other ways though, but we'll talk about that some other time. But, um, <laughs> You know, we're driving around and this dude in his cab is following us and he's honking the horn and he's on our ass. Like, and I'm like, is this dude trying to ram us in the cab? And like, had no idea what was going on. Like, so we're like a little worried. But so finally, I just, you know, quickly move over and let him come to the side and I hit the brakes. And it's this dude, he's Somalian, but I'm assuming he's Muslim. Uh, and he goes, hey, America boys, hey, America boys, we really <laughs> fucked you up. We really fucked you up. And he's talking about the towers, right? Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, bro, you fucked up, and I'm saying you now because now you said we, so now you're a part of it in my mind, right? I mean, not not like he was an active member of it, you know, a real actor in it, but still, uh, I'm like, no, you fucked up people who look like me and you, you know what I mean? You fucked up people of all walks of life, like it had no bearing on what ever terroristic you know motive was yeah. like you fucked up a lot of innocent people and children and it, people that had nothing to do with it like that's not fucking funny that building so my buddy that huh? building was the melting pot for everybody you know it, it literally <laughs> was it literally was so my like i said my my boy rob is from new york like he's from queens he's from nassau oh, county like, oh boy so it's yeah, so and, and rob is like you know i'm six two uh six three ish at the time you know uh and Rob is six six, and we're these big strapping black dudes. Rob jumps out of the car and like a missile runs right to the taxi. This dude's face changed so quick and he <laughs> hit the gas and peeled off down Queen Street. Like it was just nothing. Like he I mean, literally. So uh, you know, like a week later, we were still kind of moved by that, and both of us kind of went in the direction of service because we kind of uh wanted to to do as much as we could if we could, ah. you know. Take me back to Russia, baby. Well, so I came across this article that Russia's deployed 97% of their army. It was in the Wall Street Journal, so maybe a little uh, little truth behind this. This is um, crazy. I mean, 97% of their military. So I was actually thinking about this. I'm like, is, is, are they starting to wage a war that they can't maintain? Well, it's very... They've already done it. Yeah, that's true, done it. yeah. They've already done it. I mean, it, this has to be... A lot of this has to be... Putin's ego because to pull out and withdraw at this point is major egg on his face. And I mean, but he's already got egg on his face and the 3% that's not deployed are the, the headshed. They're sitting up there, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, calling the shots while everybody else is, you know, ducking and dodging bullets and shit. So it's like, it I, makes sense. I read an interesting article today that is sort of related to this. And it was saying that war machine this is the words they use. The war machine is having trouble keeping up with the actual production of ammunition mm. because of the because of this. And there was an article. It was um, someone from Great Britain 
was speaking on the issue and they were saying how the US, Great Britain, Canada, because Ukraine has that support, they're in better shape actually. And Ukraine actually shoots less ammo than the Russian soldiers do. And the Russians are having a lot more soldiers just cutting and running. They're like, this is my country. Like, I, I don't want any part of this. So they're actually saying that this is a, a a benefit to Ukraine because the lack of ammunition hurts Russia more. So the fact that there's 97% of them deployed in Ukraine, I mean, they're really starting to cut them, like run thin. I mean, you're, you're talking about your entire military operation. They want it. They want it back. Um, and, uh, obviously, um, I I don't I think everything you're saying about why it's taken them 97 percent of their army to to get this far. I mean, it didn't start at 97 percent, right? right. Um, but they're all in at this point. They're all in, and you know, I I think that I, I think that decision was made when you sent the first wave in. You know, you, you absolutely. You, you know, you're all in or you're all in. You know, um, I'm. What made me start thinking about it is. You know, all this other stuff that we were talking about earlier, the flying objects, the balloon, the, you know, you got time to fly a, a military jet close to Alaska, but you got 97% of your army in Ukraine. Yeah. Like all of this stuff, is it all distracting? And is it, it what, what is really going on? What is true? What is not true? How, well, if they're you know? 97% deployed in Ukraine, I doubt that they want to wage a war against the U.S. <laughs> that would be very foolhardy. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they are really saying they want to do that, no. but the things that other countries do are threatening, right? Um, so the U.S. is, I just mentioned, sorry, the U.S., Canada, and Great Britain are sort of bolstering up. Yeah, um, I mean, Ukraine, can you can you guess who's bolstering up Russia? Oh, I, I would assume I would assume China is helping them with that. China wasn't uh, listed. South Korea and... South Korea or North Korea? I was going to say North, uh, North, North, North Korea. Korea. Excuse me, excuse me. North Korea and uh, who was the other one? Iran, maybe? Probably, possibly. It, it was Iran. Yeah. And I, and I think uh, Canada? Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> there are no guns in Canada I was going to say, they don't have anything to send. <laughs> no, no, definitely no not. So when the whole balloon thing happened, where we shot down the balloon, one we of my, had to shoot it down. They don't have guns. Well, that's that's what, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going with. One of my buddies was like, why do we have to like do that for them? Don't they have like, can't they do it? And I was like, no, they they absolutely cannot. And he was like, what do you mean they can't? I'm like, their army is, our army is their army. They know that they're safe because of proximity to us. And I said, when I read the article about shooting down the balloon, you might know more about this than I do, Keith. You're into aeronautics. The the craft it took to go that high to do it, they were saying, like, we don't even have that many of those. Like, it's not, it's not like it's just like a, a regular old plane. Like, it's like they were talking like very high end technology. Oh, yeah. I, I, we talked about it briefly. The, the balloon that they had shot down was like 65,000 feet. Right. We, we, the only. Um, fighter jet that we have that does that is the F twenty two, right? And and so that's not something like every military just has lying no, around. No, no, yeah, no, no. So yeah, they Canada needed us. It was not a matter of them not wanting to do it. They <laughs> they didn't they have a choice it. in the matter. So you want to stay on this whole flight thing, Keith? Uh, sure, we can. Uh, I, <laughs> so this is the United Airlines flight. That what happened? They had a they had a problem with their descent. Is that what it was? Yeah. So well, first first this happened uh, back in December, so the end of last year. Um, it's started to finally get a little bit of uh, of, of, of media. Um, an American Airlines flight took off. I want to say it was Hawaii or going to Hawaii. I can't remember. They were in the Pacific Ocean, and shortly after takeoff, the the plane had a rapid descent. Um, to only about a little below 800 feet to the ocean. Yeah, I read that. It was really close. And to put in perspective, because I was like, wow, that's really close. Very close. They said it close. was a matter of seconds that it would have actually impacted. Yes. So they were saved by seconds. By seconds. Wow. And I I have, uh, as most people who listen to the show know, I, I do like aviation. And I have a, uh, a YouTube guy called Blanco Lirio that I watch. He, it's a long story behind the name, another, another show. Um, he 
uh, he was a commercial air pilot and he has a love for aviation and he does air shows and anytime there's a any type of uh, disaster or something like this he does a full breakdown of what's out there and what the FAA is looking at and what they will be looking at there's a lot of public knowledge on commercial or a lot of public data on, on commercial flights by the way uh, he's able to show like the actual altitude that they were flying at and 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 how fast the descent is and you can see it all in the graph and one of the things that he talked about that I found really interesting was that because of this incident this plane experienced this is crazy if you understand g forces the passengers on this plane experienced g forces beyond two and a half g's so that's two and a half times what you weigh right okay. so yeah that's like going into space type g force yeah, i i mean they go up to like like i think like eight nine in some cases like fighter jets mm-hmm. are doing g's like that but mm-hmm. that's you know for guys like us two and a half g's argo that's like a thousand that's pounds not, on us <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean knock, that's knockout that's that's go night <laughs> so uh for inexperienced people for sure and anyway commercial planes are only rated for that two and a half g's and because this airplane experienced more than two and a half g's this plane has to go through an extensive g inspection now so like they have to pull this plane apart to see to see if there's any cracks any stress cracks or things like that well what was weird when i read the article was uh, so the two, the pilot, I'm assuming pilot, co-pilot, whatever, they had somewhere between 22 to 24,000 hours of combined experience pilots. Flight. So they Very were experienced, experience right? This is an older plane. It's a 777, Boeing's 777. So it's not the newest planes out okay. there. There have been a couple other instances uh, within the last couple of years of similar situations. Um, they've this gentleman that I was talking about on YouTube, Blanco Lira, he explains it, that there are possible some connection to missetting the base altitude for the autopilot. So the way he described it is it's like setting the autopilot to zero feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. So you hand pot, you hand plane then takeoff and then a few thousand feet in the air, you go to switch on the autopilot and you've preset it to a zero feet zero feet okay so the plane goes down goes down instantly but he said the descent is not normally that rapid when something like that happens the reason i brought up the amount of hours of flight is that they are experienced but it said uh towards the end of the article if you want to scroll down here keith it said something about the fact that like i think you would mention they're going to inspect the plane but that they're going to send the pilots for like additional training and that's the part that kind of i'm like is that just like typical protocol or were they implying that these pilots didn't know what they were doing kind there of there was an aside from the example that i gave you with the autopilot there was another incident another nanny i'll call it right because uh, these planes are very uh, i think people joke all the time that you know pilots you know don't do much anymore right because right, the machine flies, does it all right, right. Yeah. Um, and i don't want to say they do much in this case these pilots were able to have probably had a oh shit moment for about 10 seconds yep. and then you know right the course and we're able to you know pick this plane back up so uh, kudos to them for that but there in some of these other instances there were other as i indicated nannies that that maybe were not turned on properly mm-hmm. and uh like a checklist sort of thing might have been missed okay so um that could be part of the training it, it will come up it, it, the thing is is a lot of these things they do a very thorough investigation, so it takes a very long time. So if you really want to know what happened, you got to wait for the NT, uh, the NTSB. Jay, are you a like a, a flight guy? You like flying? Don't like it? Where do you stand on that? I don't even really want to pitch into this conversation. I hate flying. So <laughs> really, like, like, so it's like, I, I mean, I fly all over, of course, you know what I mean? Because I have to, to get across the country to where I need to go to speak about this two-way stuff. But, you know, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, you know, once I get up, I'm good. Uh, it's the takeoff that 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 makes me a little leery. Yeah. Um, once I'm fine, I'm good, and the descent and landing is fine for me because I'm almost on the ground. But <laughs> uh, you know, so you know, I know a lot of people don't like you know the landing, and that's one. That's of their, me. Yeah, it's biggest. a controlled crash. Yeah. Oh I, no, I'm 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 all in. Get me on the ground. I don't <laughs> crash it. Cra- get me on the ground. That's what I need. Like I'll you know I'll, I'll be all right. But you know I think. Uh, 
I think with this, it's it's weird because I I don't have any real experience with avionics or you know aviation and and uh, you know a lot of the shit that you guys were saying is Greek to me, but I can follow um, because I'm not stupid. But at the same time, <laughs> it's like uh, you know the 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 scared civilian who doesn't like flying. Could you imagine like, being on this plane, though, Argo? Oh, my Could God. You, I, so, so that's what I was getting ready to say. So nobody else is going to point out how they're whitewashing the term crash and with rapid descent. <laughs> that, that's like, like let that, it should say this plane almost fucking crashed. That's what it should say. That's what I hear when I hear rapid descent to only 800 feet above blah, 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 blah because that's what fucking happened. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. And, and it's like, have you guys seen the movie Plane? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's what I was thinking of when I was looking at this the movie Plane article. Yes, like, and I I don't like even watching like all the YouTube videos of the planes going up and then coming straight down. So <laughs> like, it's 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 a fear of mine. And I and you know it's so when I was in college, I got on a plane bringing my girlfriend to meet my parents from Atlanta to Wisconsin. Um, and we take off on this Delta flight. And the moment we take off, the plane just damn near flips sideways. It moves violently right, flips everybody around. We're like, what the, this is literally right o- o- upon takeoff. Screwed me up. But, you know, he, they corrected, of course, corrected and got the plane up. 30 minutes into the flight, 30 minutes later into the flight, we're cruising. Uh, everybody's walking around and some people are still shaking, of course. This old lady is coming out of the bathroom and we're sitting in the rear of the plane. Oh, God, no. Which is the worst. You know what I mean? Uh, This lady is coming out of the bathroom. All of a sudden, the plane, I don't know what makes planes (laughs) drop. This plane dropped 50 to 70 feet. Quick. The lady flew up, hit the ceiling, (laughs) bounced into my lap. Like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I might have dropped one or two drops of pee out. Like, like, yeah. So, you know, so... from that day on, I was like, oh, wow, you know, fuck flying because like I like living. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't really, you know, I flew like as a kid, I flew a couple times and then, you know, maybe a couple in my early teens. And then I didn't fly for years, just like no like out of state like vacations or anything like I didn't go for years and then started flying again, like like when I had a family. And when I first started flying, I would say to my wife, like. I don't like this. And with, for the record, I love the part that most people probably hate. I love the whole process. I love checking in my little suitcase. Like I'm like, oh, I'm well, a world traveler. Vaca- you, like, you, you, like, you like to go yeah. away. I'm a world traveler. You know? yeah, I, yeah. I, I love it. Somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like a little kid when it comes to the whole like process of it. But man, and, and taking off, I, I I don't hate the taking off so much. I My ears get, I get like real bad, like the Poppin', pressure, yeah. like bad. Chew gum. I do. I, I buy a whole thing of Mentos. I chew yeah. like just popping Mentos like crazy. But I, I'm the opposite of you. I do not like the landing. That I'm like, there's just this little, these two little wheels that are like stopping this big old thing from just well, crashing. They the ain't little. I know they're not. I know in reality they're not. But in my mind, it's just two little wheels. They're little on the types of planes that I fly. <laughs> I mean, but, but proportionally speaking, they're a lot smaller than that whole plane. Yeah, but they are very heavy duty. Like, are you got to see those things. And, yeah. li- and like, they're made of like big hunks of metal with really? hubs and the brakes are huge. Oh, yeah. Like, they're. Beaten. I've gotten better at this, by the way. Yeah. I, I've, I've gotten better at it. What, what it is for me is when I say a landing is a control crash that is what it is yeah <laughs> you know you are crashing that airplane you're into you're, the ground you're making it descend uh the the plane wants to fly like that's what it's designed to do so you're you're, you're forcing, forcing it, it out of it, it out of its right you because know, when it's not flying obviously it's fucking falling so it's like <laughs> right you know, and which is why i go back to the term rapid descent means he- helic- helicopters like, the way you are jay about planes is the way i am about helicopters helicopters are like i love helicopters they're like voodoo magic to me yeah it's I'm so, like, so I'm like, weird i'm like this how does this thing stay in the air like <laughs> Just like a little propeller. <laughs> and I do understand that the propeller, you know, that the um, propellers are, you know, create lift. Like, I yeah. understand that the part concept. of it, the concept of it. But the whole idea, like seeing those things, those things fly, it's like, it's just, it's, 
against the law. Well, of they can go up, down, stay in one position. It's yeah, like it's yeah, really magical, yeah. right? And it's, they really fall out of the sky. You yeah. know, like in some planes, you could glide a little bit. When I, I don't know if this is true of all, but I'm pretty sure helicopter pilots have to do a, a full-on stall when they get there. They have to probably stall and dry. It just drops. I mean, yeah, how scary is that? I mean, they, yeah. Well, yeah. Ruining helicopters for me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, listen, that should make you feel better. The fact that those guys could be actually, quicker. Yeah, they could. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Like. No, I'll tell you what ruined helicopters for me, Kobe Bryant. That, oh, like, that's sad. Well, he was you know? flying. He's like a J. He was like a Kennedy Jr. No, he there. wasn't flying the plane. Yes, he was. No, no, he, no, he was a passenger. He was a passenger. He was a passenger. I'm pretty sure I no. read, read somewhere that he might have no. been. Because he was. This is how I know he was a passenger because they found his. Him. And his daughter embracing together. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think he was. Okay. Okay. All right, you could look that up. But I, I know he was. I know he was practicing to be a helicopter pilot. I, I know. He, I know he was doing that with uh, with this guy know. that was the pilot. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't that, heard that at yeah. all. I don't know if he. Like I said, I don't know a lot of his speculation, but that was very sad for me. Like, like you know, that kind of hit me different. But anyway, it was that was a that was when I you know I was actually on a plane flying when we heard that news. How weird is that? That was like, oof, man, it was eerie. Keep looking and it here's up. what's crazy. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by planes. Like I would look up fighter planes and, and all the encyclopedias. For those of you that don't know what encyclopedias are, <laughs> the internet that have binding and covers. They're you know they're like books and they got pages, so, <laughs> right? So I would look up fighter planes and I would do these science uh, science fair projects with lift and drag and all this and you know trying to explain to people what taxiing was and all kind of crazy shit. And I was all in, like, I loved flying and I wasn't afraid or anything until that craziness happened. And then it became more of a reality to me that, yeah, there's no control. And I quickly learned that I don't like things that I have zero control with. So it's like, uh, if I was flying the plane, I wouldn't be afraid at all. Well, that's key. Yeah, that's me. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and a very special thanks to Jay for hanging out with us and chopping it up. If anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Discord and let your voice be heard.